0: This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680-CJOB.
1: Well, well, well. Welcome to the program here. Uh, Lots to get to over the course of the show. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Text the show. Jim, how you doing? Good afternoon. I find
2: myself well. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. We're halfway there. Or are we not there yet? Half full, half half empty. What what say you? uh, You're at the wood. Yeah, half full always. And Um, you got your malt liquor, whatever you consume. Yeah, big malt liquor And it's about half. Do you go, oh, wow, I got half
1: left? Or do you go, oh, I'm almost out? I'm almost out. in In a situation like that, yeah, it's an almost out situation.
2: So you're like a two-sip guy and go, maybe I'll order another. By the time I'm done this, it'll be
1: here. <laughs> well, we'll have to wait and see. More. Uh, more post-mortem as it continues here on the Winnipeg Jets season. What needs to change? Uh, what could potentially change? Um, what needs to change? And, of course, we wait over the course of this offseason uh, for what will actually happen as we head into the 2023-2024 NHL season, which... Uh, with training camp getting going in September, October. Lots to get to, of course, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, draft yesterday. Kyle Walters was uh, was speaking earlier this morning. We'll play some clips from him. Uh, they made a couple of picks. And rookie camp seven days away, starting on the 10th. Quarterback Zach Caleros, he's going to be reporting in the main camp going on the 14th. Uh, so tons of bomber news to come as well. And uh, hey, uh, Stanley Cup uh, second round got going yesterday too. Lots of Florida Panthers win in Toronto uh, despite P- Joe Pavelski scoring four goals, uh, the Kraken uh, topping the uh, the Dallas Stars uh, in overtime, and we'll we'll continue that as the show goes on. But joining on to uh, joining the program right now, friend of the show, editor in chief of the Fourth Period, David Pignata, joining us. Uh, David, hey, how you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's uh, yeah, second round in Toronto. I it's weird. Really, yeah. Really. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, but um, must be weird going, yeah. I guess I
2: got a hockey game to go to tonight. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was, it was a combination of, I don't have to leave, I don't have to go to another city. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it comboed with, oh, okay, well, I guess the outcome was kind of interesting. Um, and the fans here, for some reason, are seem very, like last last round, they lost the first game of the series. And it was, you know, the mentality in the city was, ah, of course. Typical Leafs, we're going to lose, blah, 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 blah. This year, or or this round, they lost last night 4-2, and the mentality after the game in this morning in the city seems to be, okay, not the end of the world. We're just happy to be here. Wow. wow.
1: That's, that's something. Well, you know, it was so, the response after they won, you know, four games out of 16 in the Stanley Cup playoffs when they were like swinging on uh, lampposts and stuff like that. I was like, well, there you go. Right. There you go. You guys are feeling <laughs> good. You're happy. I'm happy for you.
2: You know, before we talk Jets, um, we should talk about this Leafs and Paul Maurice and the Florida Panthers and all that's happened in the first round. But I, I want to get this out of the way, David. You came on our show around the deadline and promised Jets fans that Chevaldeoff was in Tampa Bay for a Kucherov-Hedman trade, what happened to that? <laughs> what happened to that trade? <laughs> Why didn't it come through? No, I'm just kidding. Of course. Right, right. Uh, let's get into the first round of the playoffs, and then we'll talk Jets. But overall, like I, I can't think of the better, bigger storylines around upsets than what we've seen with the Florida Panthers, what we've seen with the Seattle Kraken, and then in the first game of round two, it's not like it's was a jinx, right? Like, what do you make of those upsets?
0: Yeah, I, look, Florida. Uh, For for the most part, throughout the course of the season, they never really played with a fully healthy roster. And, I mean, look, it's playoff time, so nobody's fully healthy. But Barkov was out for a stretch. Duclair was out for a few months. They had other guys in and out of the lineup. Ekblad missed some time and so on and so on. So they haven't really had a full group to just go at it on a regular basis. That's one of the items. Uh, The other is that Sergey Bobrovsky and how he's performed, for the most part, especially last night. I mean, I I was talking to some people within the Panthers and around the team, and um, they said that last night might have been his best performance as a Panther, not just this season. Um, So when you've got your goaltender who's doing as well as Bobrovsky is doing, you've got a fully healthy roster, and you've got a guy by the name of Matthew Kachuk that is just causing havoc at both ends of the ice it shows you what this what this Panthers team is is really made of. The Leafs didn't have much of an answer for Kachuk last night. Um they didn't really have an answer to solve Bobrovsky on a on a regular basis. Um, it's going to be tough sledding. They had an optional skate this morning um but they're gonna have to go and and readjust their game plan here against this Florida Panthers team because you don't want to give them too much uh, of a leash. Especially after beating Boston in that first round. That alone, the momentum there has just been tremendous for them. Um Seattle, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. I, I did not even expect them to make the playoffs at this season. So I'm just sitting back going, Okay, I, I guess they're utilizing their speed as best as any team in the league at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's exactly what we're seeing and you know, it it's been it's been paying off here. Switching over to the Winnipeg Jets and all the the conversations uh, going on here. I, I guess I'll first ask you what your uh, viewpoints and your thoughts were on on sort of the year enders and, and and looking back on the Winnipeg Jets and and this edition of them.
2: And and Dave, yeah, that's a great way to put it, Cam. Like yeah. David, what what is the outside of the market talking about when they see this unfold for the Jets?
0: Uh, when's the fir- first domino going to drop, and who's it going to be? Um, that that seems to be. From, from the outside it's everyone's just sitting here waiting to see what Chevy and his staff pull off um, because the anticipation that moves are happening um, it, it, they're pretty high uh, with, with Wheeler and Shifley and Hellebuck one year to go with Dubois situation as what it is right now and, and not really doing the Jets many favors with this whole Montreal situation um, and his desire to play for the Habs at some point uh, doesn't really help. Um, it, it, it it puts the spotlight on this team from the rest of the league because everybody's just curious to see what they're going to do. How much of Wheeler's contract are they going to eat? What type of deal are they going to be able to finagle involving Shifley if they pull it off? Are teams going to come banging on the door to try to get Hellebuck for at least a season if he's not going to stay with the Jets? Um, you know, we, we heard his comments, and, and pretty much everybody else's at the, at the meeting pressers and the season pressers. Um, nobody wants a rebuild. This, this, And I get it because the team and the core that's there, I mean, it, it, it certainly showcases a, a roster that can compete. It's just sometimes you got to move out some pieces and readjust. And the fact that this team is together for as long as it has been and hasn't been able to get over that hump, so to speak, um, you've got to start looking at making those types of cosmetic changes. And that's what everybody's kind of waiting for.
1: I mean, if players like Hellebach and, and, and PLD and, and and Shifley hit the market, what what kind of response do you think there would be across the league for players like that? And this is another sort of add on to that question and I'm about to ask you, is equal value um or or an equivalent um you know, in, in talent coming back to this team uh even possible given the circumstances?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well that that's the biggest that's the biggest question mark. Is it's not only is equal value going to come back in some form? It doesn't necessarily, like, depending on how Chevy goes about this, um, you know, there there could be multiple moves that kind of come into play here. You move out one asset, you bring in a few pieces, you utilize some of those pieces to bring in other assets, you utilize the cap space to sign somebody. There's a lot that can happen here. Um, It definitely sounds like the other element uh, from the outside here is it, it sounds like they want to stay within that window. They want to keep the contention window open. It's now a matter of trying to cosmetically, as I mentioned, make some adjustments to this to this roster, because clearly the recipe that's here right now isn't working. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to move out one or two pieces and still remain within your window to compete uh, or, or what you believe your window is to compete for, for a championship. And again, with you know, Morrissey here and Ehlers and, and Perfetti is just going to continue to evolve and, and so on and so on but connor and, and et cetera like there's a lot of talent on this team uh beyond some of the guys that they may end up moving so if you're going to move out you know Hellebuck. obviously you're going to need a goaltender so how are they going to maneuver that is it going to be in that trade or are they going to look to the free agent market and perhaps go after somebody else uh, same with Scheif. are they going to move him out are they going to bring in a different center how are they going to make this work I think in some circumstances, depending on the teams you deal with, you and, and we saw this as an example, it hasn't worked for Calgary, but different circumstances, I'm not blaming the players on this one, but the Calgary-Florida trade, Huberto, Uyghur, Kachuk. Huberto and Uyghur were in the final years of their deal or entering the final years of their deal. So there is a pathway towards making a trade that includes talent for talent at the high level. So at the very least... We saw it last year. It's definitely possible. It's just a matter of what the game plan is for Kevin Day off going into this offseason in terms of augmenting the roster.
2: And along those lines, David, um, there is a market for these expiring contracts, right? Like I'm a big believer that there is a market that that teams and contending teams would spend a lot to get a one-year 80-point center Uh, for six mil. And and I think the same for Connor Hellebuck. Like I think there's teams out there and I'm looking at the Carolinas and and some others that now Carolina has a really good young goalie in the AHL that that did great stuff, but like Boston with Linus Allmark and Swayman. And, you know, I, 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 there's just options out there that I think that a lot of people say, well, they got to sign, they got to sign. I don't think they have to sign. I think there's some contending teams, even Colorado that will go, I'll take a 70 to 80 point guy for 6 million on a one year deal.
0: Right. And, and depending on which teams you work with, and first of all, yeah, you're absolutely right. There are going to be teams that have interest in these guys. There's no question. Um, I mean, teams poke. One of the things managers do all the time is they'll poke. They, they love to do that. Hey, this guy worth a, another phone call? Are you going to hang up on me kind of thing? Or can we can we massage this and explore that? That's what leads to other situations. And, and eventually, it may not work now, but down the road, you know, GM may say, oh, I remember talking to this, team about player X, I should give him a call because we're almost ready to do that. It's similar. Um, that type of mindset is what kind of got the progr- uh, the process along moving along with respect to Jacob Chikorin in Arizona. Teams have been calling, 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 no, 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 and then all of a sudden, ah, okay, maybe we'll listen. So in these types of circumstances, with these players on the expiring deals, you know you've got to shake things up a little bit. You're not. It's not going to be a dramatic uh, uh, makeover here, but you're still going to move out some key pieces and bring in what you hope to be other key pieces. So with respect to that, yeah, you go to those teams and you say, we have, you know, this guy's available, that guy's available. Here's what we're looking at. What type of return are you willing to go, to go with? And some teams like Colorado, you mentioned, they need a 2C. Shifley would definitely upgrade that uh, significantly. But as an example with Colorado, yeah, that would be a team that you would go and knocking on the door and say, hey, we like this young player and that young player. Can we make this happen? You utilize the cap space, you bring in other assets elsewhere, and you, you, you help the team from an overall perspective. Um, or you go the talent-for-talent swap like we saw Calgary and, and Florida do last season. They, they, without question, there are going to be options. Um, it, again, it's just a matter of what additional options are going to be out there for them moving into the summer because it's, you can plan something now and you may say, hey, I want to go after this player and that player in free agency. Well, those guys may end up signing by the time July 1 hits.
1: David Pignon, editor-in-chief of TheFourthPeriod.com. Uh, joining us now, uh, f- fantastic stuff as always, David. Really appreciate you taking the time to join us.
0: Yeah, thank you so much.
2: Yeah, always appreciate a pleasure, you, David. Great work there, FourthPeriod.com yeah, is where sure you get check all, all that. Stuff, but David's always doing the things. Out, yeah. Really appreciate this time as always.
1: Yeah, and you can find him on Twitter, The f- TheFourthPeriod as well. All right, let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. Uh, we're going to break down so, uh, the conversation we just had with, with David and um, in t- in, in, in some other stuff that we can discuss. I mean, what's the best time... To make, these, to make these moves, if and when they're coming. Is it the draft? Is it early in the season? Is it at the deadline? Um, and players versus picks. I mean, what what are the Winnipeg Jets going to be targeting? I mean, is it going to be players? Is it going to be picks? We'll get into all this. That's,
2: sorry, that's interesting what he said. Like, trade them for yeah. some picks and then take those picks and go get what you want. Like, there's many avenues here. That yeah, you could-
1: there's lots of options here. We're going to get into that. And text the show, 204-780-6868. We'll be right back.
3: Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. We have reached the 20 mark for the first time this year at 680 CJOB. Let's get you back to the boys, shall we?
1: Yesterday we were I gentlemen. Was too, well, I was Today. too far up about the
3: weather, honestly. I kind Appellas, of forgot. Now
1: it's the boys. Yeah,
3: back the guys. to
1: it. Yeah, normal. You're going to go for a, a rip? Slot. Yeah, just go for a rip.
2: You got that summer vehicle out yet, Peters? Yeah, I do.
3: How's it running? I'm actually. Uh, I might drop the lid today. I'm going to the driving range drop the with lid? my partner after. So, you ever heard uh, of a band named Haywire? They used to drop the needle. There you that, go. Forty. That sounds like an old find guy it, buddy. that's playing records. Hey, easy. They the needle. Haywire. I don't have an eight track in this. Well known. Thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a, it's an old car, but it's not that old. I don't. Have
1: what any. is this thing? What is this thing you're driving, anyways? Well, it's, no that's one a knows. Big, it's trying it's a big to find
3: secret. out, won't tell yeah. us. So I
1: asked him. They asked questions. me on
3: the start a uh, few
1: weeks ago okay, and I wouldn't give it up there either. It yeah. is a convertible. It's definitely older. It's an older model. So, so you have to be as old as I
2: shy about it. You have to be like, "You ever take that thing yeah. in and get fixed at the Chevy dealership?" And he's just like, "I'm not telling you what it is." So he's very yeah. So I almost mean, as we old both know he's smarter than both of us.
1: Okay, so it's about <laughs> 97, 98 something like that? No, it's younger than that. Is it an IROC? No. Is
3: it a Camaro? I would t- you first of all, you'd hear me coming. And second of all, I'd be so telling everybody difference. I know if it was an IROC.
1: He's the only guy of, oh, his, of his vintage oh, that has, that has
3: two he's, cars. He's younger, though. So is it a Miata? No. I actually would – I, I actually I know what Beata, it is. The, I know what it is. What is it's it? It's a Mitsubishi Lancer. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. That's the maybe I can't the worst believe, possible answer. I
1: can't believe you're driving around in a Mitsubishi <laughs> Lancer. Is it a Honda Civic with running boards?
3: <laughs> they didn't make Civic convertibles, dude. Although back uh, in the day, there used to be a Pontiac Sunfire convertible. Okay. Is it a Fiero? No, because those I things are Fiero, fire, fire traps. Yeah, I had I got it. He's seasoned complete announcement I had a junior high not.
2: teacher who was the cool teacher, and he had a Fiero, and it started on fire. <laughs> and then it came out, there was a report
3: on the news that these things back we're, in the uh, 80s were, start, were fire were pinto, started. man. I was driving down uh, St. Mary's today. Saw Fierro at Lube King, which is Ooh. where we get our CGOE vehicles uh, fixed right. up for the oh, winter and stuff. So, uh, real great If measure. your mom's
2: listening, let us know, Mrs. Peters. We won't tell anyone. You can text the show. She's actually in Lethbridge. not listening. Yet. What's she doing
3: <laughs> in Lethbridge? Yeah, just a little, little trip out, you know? Wow. Went to two guys in a pizza place last night. They said they had a great time. No that free is, ads, I know, but legendary That is legendary great.
2: Yeah, legendary in Lethbridge. That is outstanding.
3: Can't wait to be there and check the it Top's out. Top's Pizza
2: too. Did you ever we'll go take to the Top's convertible. Pizza right by uh, the take city the
1: hall? Yeah.
2: Uh, Top's no.
3: Pizza. That might be that might be a, another old man Jim Toast story. All right. That's like ahead. when we called that club like four different names. If Hollywood's. you, uh, if, you wanna, if you want to if you want to
1: guess what uh, drop the needle. If you want to <laughs> guess what uh, Skylar <laughs> Peters' vehicle is, two hundred four Texas Show, two hundred four seven eight zero six eight 60, sixty. We're gonna get to the bottom of this. It's been it's been two years. Drop the needle. No haywire. Oh sorry, I just typed and dropped the needle on this What came out. Orchie. Maestro Fresh West. This is my also classic. I'd never heard the song in my life. Anyway. 204780 So the 204. off season begins. Off season begins. Um got a couple text messages from you guys. I'm gonna get to them. Ken says, Slap the C on Lowry and retool. That one from Ken in response to what the Winnipeg Jets need to do. Uh players versus picks. Uh, The situation, um, this texture says, likely around the draft of the deadline, if it's talent for talent, if the Jets are going to make a move. Who has Chevy dealt with? Buffalo, New York, Montreal. Mind you, he's done deals within the division as well with sellers. Anyhow, uh, seems we got more players off the waiver wire than anything of late. And this texture says, why break up the core? So many quote unquote teams have not won. Since 2011, four teams have won the cup twice, each and only Three other teams, uh, and only three other teams have won. Bruins' core has not won since 2011. Do not rebuild. Keep the core together if affordable and improve the bottom six. I do not agree with that text message, but I really appreciate um, you sending that. Um, It's a fair question, though. But it leads back
2: to why I've decided this year it's time, and I yeah. still am I fully on board not doing it until now. Last year I was on board with them looking at it if they could make the team better. I would have, I would have tried. And I, I they was, did try and, last year. And, I was
1: totally for exactly what they did. New coach, go go at it again.
2: Yeah, and, and so now you know, That's right? Still, yeah. Um, and everybody likes to come out now and say like, oh, it was it's the players and stuff, or why well, they should have done this three years ago. We well, didn't know that three years ago. No. I mean, the storylines are everywhere, but what Paul Maurice is doing with Florida, and people can tell me all the time, well, they struggled and barely made the playoffs. They were 115 points last year. Yeah, and they lost their leading scorer. Now, Matthew Tuchuk's come in there. They've been injured all year. Like, people don't like to look at that. People don't like to look at the situation of who's injured, who's healthy, who's playing well. This team did this last year. It's not like the Boston Bruins are going to win 65 games again next year. Mm -hmm. And, and... You know, nobody saw that coming this year. Everybody was talking about Boston's really old now, yeah. and they're going to run it back one more year. But are they? And what's Linus Allmark, who lost his starting job to Swayman last year, and now he's a Vesna candidate? Nobody saw this coming for Boston. Everybody, I think, knew that they were going to be a playoff team, mm-hmm. but nobody saw they were going to set an NHL record.
1: No, I thought they not one too old. person.
2: I did. I yeah. read or hear or say that. Um, but to me. You watch these teams like Colorado, and New York Rangers are doing their exit day today, and I was reading some of the comments that they're saying. I just, I think it's almost a favor to the players, too. Yeah. I think they need a change. Now, they're not going to admit that because they're committed and they want to win and they want to do this. Some will. Some will go. Yeah. But I think that's why... Even though they believe in each other because they're good players and they're friends and all that, even they, you could see in the in the body language and some of the comments from Hellebuck and Wheeler, like this might be my last go here, mm. because I think you build a core and you, and you go two to three years and see what you got, and then you have two to three years to augment it. But when you reach five or six years and it hasn't worked at all, it's time.
1: That's my exact look at this. The the fact of the matter is, and I and I wish um, the the person who sent that text would would put a name to it because I would love to address you, um, he she whatever. Um, I, I I just I I would agree with you if we didn't know exactly what this team was capable of, like like there's I, I and I said this right after the the end of game five and, and and on that last Friday when everything everything's on the table here. There's no secrets left. I mean it's 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 out there. We know the issues within the, within with with this team. I mean. To me, there's no there's no question about – like, if I was sitting here and I was wishy-washy and I was 50-50 like I was – well, maybe I was about 60-40 last year. And I was saying, we, we just – we don't know what could happen. A new coach comes in and we'll see what happens. And you know what? It worked for the first half of the year. And then it fell off and then it was recaptured very And that's quickly. on the players. Yes.
2: Like, I, I – Yes, I've gotten emails and I'll get back to you, by the way, like a Bart sent me an email last night and he said, wasn't it you about four or five years ago in another life said that when Pavelski was available, they should go sign him. And most people, when I was saying that, were getting back to me going, no way. They already got Wheeler's old contract and all this blah, blah, blah. I'm like the Jets need a a scoring depth. Player, veteran, 34, 35. They have Matthew Perot at the yeah. time, and I loved everything about Matthew Perot, but he's not going to put up 65, 70 points. And so, but here's the thing about running this back again, Cam. Would anybody be in Boston be upset if they ran it back again? They wow. lost in the first round. They have not won the cup since 2011. Would anybody in Boston, if they sat down today and said, we are running it back again, not one person would be upset with that. No. So why is everybody here upset? I'll tell you why. It's effort. It's lack of accountability. Yep. It's
1: a long list of
2: things. It's a long list of things. It's three months of being in first place in the West in January and then barely hanging on to a playoff spot. It's going into that playoffs and absolutely handing it to the number one team in the West to the tune of 5-1 and 17 shots against. And then you just don't get it done.
1: You can't skate away from this, Jim. Anybody upset if they run it back in Colorado next year? You'd be crazy. It would be crazy not to. See, the thing is, Jim, and that's... What have you been hearing about Dallas the last five years?
2: These guys got to go. Ben's too old. Say again. Yeah. New coach, new this. Anybody upset right now they ran it back again? The difference is, is some of these teams in the past five years has accomplished something. Yeah. This team has accomplished nothing. No, not since 2018. And that's the frustration, and that's why it's time. And I'm, look, my hand is up. I'm the first one that for five years have said, leave this alone, augment it. You have highly elite skilled players in your top six. Mm -hmm. You have a very decent defense core with one that's probably going to be a Canadian Olympian. And I was told, you got to get rid of that contract to Seattle and Josh Morrissey. And you have a (laughs) world-class goaltender in Connor Hellebuck. I remember that. So two years ago, three years ago, do not break this up. In my, in Jim Tull's opinion, right now, the fact that you've been five years since 2018 or six, and you haven't accomplished anything, and the fact that you haven't accomplished anything is from nothing more than an effort standpoint of consistency. It's time to change.
1: It. It's the and the the real telltale sign was the return under a different under the third coach over the last two seasons, the return of the exact same bad habits. And and people are going to, when they hear you say that. You can't run away from that. that You can't
2: run away from it. People are going to hear you say that and go, well, Dave Lowry was only blah, blah, blah. Well, Dave Lowry banned Shifley twice. Yeah. So he might have only been here for three months, but he benched him twice. Look,
1: there was a different voice in the law. Lo- there was a different voice at head coach, and it still didn't foster any sort of. And Paul look, Maurice, Dave, Dave, Dave Lauer's a good coach. I mean, he's I mean, I understand he's just a, he's, he's an working, assistant isn't he? With, yeah, he's still out there. Paul Maurice still he's out in there. The second round. Jamie Compon, He's still in the second round they They've all moved on here. So so like it's it's. So Paul it, Murray spoke
2: eloquently, and people were upset with that because they didn't have results, and Paul just tries to hide with his eloquent speak, whatever. Okay. Dave Lowry never said two words. Dave Lowry was a polar opposite of Paul Murray. He was like, eh, eh, yeah, yeah. thanks. It was frustrating. <laughs> and then you got Rick Bonus, who's the in-between, right? Yeah. Wears his heart on his sleeve sometimes. Other times he's like, this is what we're doing. I'm going to ask them of what I want. Three different styles, three different approaches – it's just time in my mind. And again, like I said, it's. I think Mark Shifley could go to another team and thrive. Mm-hmm. I think Blake Wheeler could go to another team, have another 50-point season in a lesser role, and be a difference maker on a second power play unit and and somewhere else. I think Connor Halibut could go somewhere and win somebody a Stanley cup. I I think that's how good he is.
1: Yeah. I agree with that. I, I Jim, I I just think for whatever reason here, it doesn't work. I think that they think that they're good for each other. I think that they think that they motivate each other and they hold each other accountable to like, if you would ask, I almost guarantee if you'd ask most of the people in the locker room, they would say, yes, we hold each other accountable. Yes. We're good for each other. Yes. We push each other to reach those new, reach new heights and, and continue. But that's, but that's not what's happened. That's not what's happened on the ice. Well, it, just, it
2: just isn't. You ran, you appropriately ran Stasny's comments from last year it was the same four days ago. It was the same issue. And he's saying exactly what you said.
1: Yeah. That's, and it's, that's, it, this is just what it is. It's, it's time to make a change. The, it's time to make a I'm change. I'm also
2: wondering, Cam, like this is the new NHL, right? Yeah. And I, I keep going to Johnny Goudreau, but Johnny Goudreau wants to live in Columbus. It's close enough to my home in New Jersey. It's not that close. I love the city, blah, 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 blah. Not once did I hear anything about winning. Pierre-Luc Dubois wants to play in Montreal. Okay, I don't begrudge you that. You become a free agent. You've earned that right to choose where you want to play. Mm -hmm. But what part of Montreal do you see contending for a Stanley Cup in the next three years? Johnny Gaudreau might not make the playoffs for three more years. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's true.
2: And it used to be about, I'll take a pay cut to go live in Detroit for a chance to win.
1: There's no guarantees that Montreal will, this rebuild will work and they'll so be So to me, a, a it's just the team. new
2: NHL. And that's why I was referencing yesterday. This thing that, that Kevin Chevalier has to do is immensely difficult. Immensely. 20 years ago, it's like I'm making trades and you're going. 10 yeah. years ago. But now you're dealing with guys who's like I don't really care if I make the playoffs for the next 4 years. I just want to live in Columbus.
1: John text the show 204-780-6868. Personally, I'm just tired of watching this core underperform. That from John. Well, John and that's the thing. There are so many people right now. And and we, And we, I this, think
2: they're tired of underperforming. I think they know they're better and they can't figure it out.
1: Yeah, it's you know, and we 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 talked there's a very oh, there's there's a there's a small very vocal minority that usually you know, is on social media and stuff like that and loves to make their voice heard. Those guys, if I'm sure if you're listening, you can imagine the opinions that they had about this team over the last few years. Some of what they said is right, some of them by just happenstance, and some of what they said uh, was just flat out right, and some things that I, I would say most of what they said was wrong, and, and, and if it was right, it was for the wrong reasons. That's just my opinion. But what you're seeing right now, Jim, is you're seeing the, the other not vocal minority start to feel this way. With, yeah, with the core I, you, and, that's, you're bang on. and that's why this, that's why there needs to be changing. And people need to be listening to that because it's not just, it's like, okay, we can always push aside the vocal minority and say, well, I, the core guys, the guys buying tickets, the guys tuning in every game, the guys that still support the team through thick and thin They're we, it's easy to, we, we haven't lost them. I think it's at the point where with, what the with how the last year has performed with the, with this group of guys and the issues and and Rick Bonus coming out and saying what everybody was thinking, I think you're starting to lose the 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 the, the quiet majority. I guess you could say. I and, was, and just like John and I'm sure there's other people that are listening and feel the same way.
2: I was at a minor hockey tournament in Portage Prairie this weekend, and there was a lot of people that I don't even know that obviously talk Jets and a lot yeah. of things out there and stuff. And they were just saying, they, like, I am I I don't begrudge them as per people or players, yeah. but I'm not going to pay to watch Shifley and Wheeler anymore. Yeah. They want to change. And and so I, I'm a big proponent of when I've, for as long as I've been in this business covering sports, I don't think you should ever run your organization based on what fans want. I really don't. You, you and can't. I know fans hate hearing that. You but can't though, If you're you a can't. GM that's with making moves just to keep fans in the stands, you're not going to be successful in my mind. But that's the decision that they have to make this year because they tried to make some moves last year and it did not make the roster better in in the GM's opinion. Fair enough. Um, I'm wondering about that this year. Like I'm wondering about if you run this back again. I don't think they will. So, but I'm just floating out what I've been hearing. There's a lot of fans that that will you know they just don't want to watch it anymore. They they don't want to watch. They want to change. And and so I'm not saying that you should do it because of that. I think you should do it because the core has had its run. It's run its course. Um, and they need, I think they, but I am with you. I've been, I've been hearing a lot more from fans that I never hear from or don't even know that just yeah. said, you know, one guy said, I, I'm from out of town and I can't have season tickets because it's a commute. It's about a 45 minute drive. But he goes, I do go to 12 games a year. And he goes right now, to be honest with what I heard on Saturday, I don't think I'll make a drive this year if it's those two guys again.
1: Yeah. Let's take a break. Let's come back. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. The Bombers draft. Hey, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We're just a week away from rookie camp getting going on the 10th. Main camp on the 14th. We'll hear from Kyle Walters as well as uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. First round pick. Eighth overall after this.
0: Jets at noon on 6-8-CJOB.
2: Can't you oh, see Peters a- dropping the top? Putting in the haywire yeah. and heading to the driving range.
1: We got a couple texts. What is what does what is um, Pistol Pete Skylar Peter's um, vehicle? His summer vehicle, which is ridiculous. I'm not even going to get into how silly it is that he has a summer vehicle. I know. Um, 1978 Chevy Chevette. I don't know about that, Dave. Last uh, Chrysler LeBaron, the Barbie edition, as texture says. That could that could be. Last media person who had a summer vehicle was
2: Howard Corsell.
1: Yeah. Crazy. Uh, Anyways, here's Kyle Walters. Um, uh, Of course, we're we're, we're fast approaching rookie camp a week away here for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, uh, On the 10th, quarterbacks are going to be reporting Zach Caleros uh, and then main camp going on the 14th. But uh, the first sort of domino to fall leading right towards uh, the start of camp, of course, uh, is the CFL draft. And Kyle Walters today speaking about their first round selection, eighth overall from the University of Regina, defensive lineman Anthony Bennett.
0: He's got a great personality. He's going to bring energy. I mean, you know, him and Willie are going to, you know, he's going to feed. Out. those are two big personalities. He, he reminds me of Willie. The energy that he brings, positive, excitable. I mean, just a great young man, and just can't wait. I mean, it was it was awesome talking to him uh, at the interview process. Just a, uh, he he's a great great kid, great young man, that high-energy guy, and the way he plays is his personality. And
1: here's Anthony Bennett on his chance to play with Willie Jefferson.
0: In my
2: head, I was like, oh, man, if me and him are here, we're going to cause some havoc on some quarterbacks. <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm fired I love up. that. And JJ, too. And I'm, I'm just, oh, it's going to be an exciting time. I can't wait to meet those boys. I feel like I'm
1: home. He's already lining himself up against He's Jackson Jefferson and Willie, Willie Jefferson. He's already
2: starting. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the enthusiasm of it. I, I, you know, I, I, watching the draft and covering it, we're going to have somebody on the Jim Tolt show yep. this afternoon, John Hodge, to discuss it. But that's something I never really thought of. Like, for a kid coming out of college to go, I get to play with Willie Jefferson? Pretty cool. That would be pretty cool, yeah. That'd Rennie, be awesome. Rennie
1: text to show Chrysler Sebring 2005. That's it. Sebring. That's it. It's
2: a Sebring. It's a Sebring. Oh,
1: you thought you could run away from this? Hey, he could get it as long as he got mom groceries in it.
0: <laughs> all
1: that's right. what it is. It's Mrs. a Sebring, Peters. baby. It's a Sebring. All right, let's, uh, that's it for me. For sure me. it's a Sebring. Oh, it's a steel one. 100%, a 100%. It's a Sebring. That's it. You can't run away from that. Sorry, 4J. We're out of here. Uh, Jim told Dig all over to 3 o'clock. That's it for me, Sam.
0: Jets at Noon on 680-CJOB.